Picture this, you're a newly qualified nutritional health coach and you feel like a one-person show. It feels like you're being pulled in every direction. You feel like a chicken with your head cut off and you are running all over the place. Imagine having someone who can help you put the processes and systems in place to eliminate all that uncertainty and deliver clients to your door like Uber Eats delivers food. That's why this podcast exists. The Business of Health Coaching podcast exists to help you keep business simple and uncomplicated. Uh, welcome to this week's podcast show. Welcome, everybody. Okay, cool. So we have a, a topic today because recently, Wednesday, this is now Sunday, so I don't normally record on a Sunday, but it's a Sunday today. I might, I might talk about something interesting, but we'll come back to that. But anyway, today's topic is all about, are you curious what goes inside a 2K health program? Now, the reason why we come up with this topic is because on Wednesday, I had a bulletproof planning session. So part of the Business of Health Coaching Academy is where we talk about your offer, basically. So I spent some one-on-one time crafting someone's offer. Also had a workshop on Thursday night, ran for two hours. Again, offer creation. So I was like, right, let's just talk about this thing because it's so fresh in our heads, it just makes sense to talk about it. Nice. And Farah is now silent. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so she just chipped her tooth, I shouldn't laugh. Um, yeah, so what goes in one? So the key thing for me is like knowing the difference between an offer and a program to begin with. Because people, I believe, make the mistake I made in 2017, 2018, and I probably told this story before in the podcast, but if you're new here, I'll say it again. I remember creating loads of cheat sheets, guides, filming content. I think it was like fitness and nutrition eight-week program. I can't remember the name of it, six weeks, something. And I built the whole thing out, the membership area. I learned, had to learn how to do all these things, by the way, from scratch. I've never done any of these things before. When I was doing that process, I was like, right, how do I sell this thing? So in order to sell this thing, I was like, right, I need to create a advert. So how to do adverts? So I had to learn Facebook marketing. So then I, we spent way too much money on Facebook ads. We spent thousands of pounds in January that year trying to push this thing out, and nobody bought a thing. It's because I did it the wrong way around. I created the program first and didn't even have an offer. So that's the wrong way to go about it. And do you want to add to that before we dive into the difference? No, I think that what that program makes complete sense, doesn't it? Which program? The one you just said, because you created the program, but there was no offer. So the inside of the program was created, but the outside of that. So it's almost like a, sh- a shop that has no name. You love this shop thing. <laughs> and because I have to have an analogy that, that helps me to understand the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, to, no, for okay. me to be able to teach it almost. I get know, it. I just, like, I just like, because obviously we worked in retail so far. I was still thinking of but shops. You, yeah. I guess you, you w- and also it's a universal thing to understand. Because if Good a point. shop doesn't have a name... Well, I don't know what you're selling inside. It looks so. I could stand outside the window and think, "Oh, looks like fitness. Looks like they sell clothes. Looks like they sell equipment. Looks like they sell program." Not sure what I'm going to get out of this. So, because I'm confused now, yeah, I might walk past the shop and go to one that I am, depending on what I'm looking for. Yeah, totally right. And I think that's the thing. So think of offer as like front uh, front of house, if you like, and program back of house. So front of house being what people see okay so you want to think what am I actually going to sell someone what's the thing I'm thinking of creating because when you design and craft this thing you want to first you know is anyone interested you don't want to create the thing first you want to know is anyone interested in this thing I potentially might make 
the quickest way to do it is when you craft your offers and go, I'm thinking of creating this thing, who's interested? And you just, and it's Daniel Priestley talks about signaling. So you put in the marketplace, you're signaling, are people even interested? If they're interested, then I go, okay, now I'm going to get a few people to buy this thing, then they're going to make it. Do it that way around and you can't really go wrong. But do, because you can craft an offer in a few hours, you can test it in the marketplace for like seven days and you know after seven days, is it working, is it not? If not, go back to drawing board. We're creating a program, you could spend weeks, months, years building this thing out and some people don't even build it out in the end. They, they just give up halfway because there's so many things you got to learn. But if somebody's paid you for the thing, you're more likely to go, right, I better create this thing. Well, yeah. that makes sense. If you've got questions on this, just let us know in our groups. So if you're not in our Facebook group, join the community. Easy to find the Business of Health Coaching community. And we'll be there. Join health coaches and nutrition coaches. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, done. Podcast. No. So yeah, so that's the reason to offer and a program. Now, the program is like the deliverables, the nitty-gritty, and there is a fine line. So if you think of the line, if you draw a line in the middle of a piece of paper, and before it's going to be like the offer creation, the marketing, the DMs, you get them on a call. When I say, yes, I'm interested, then it moves over to the program and deliverables. So that's the bit we want to talk about now. So there's four kind of key things that our mentor, Ryan, I think taught me this, I believe. So the first thing you want to think about is your curriculum. So why do you need a curriculum, Farah? Why do you believe you need a curriculum? Uh, well, I feel that what my clients, you know, they, they get the one-on-one that we promised, and we'll go through it in a minute, like what's inside of the 2K offer, but the curriculum is somewhere people can go and immerse themselves in learning about what your uh, what you teach. So what are your pillars are, what your program is about. You can put it in a curriculum format and they can refer back to it as many times as they want. Because some of the stuff they will see, they will not be probably ready to, or the, they're not ready to, or they don't have that need at that moment in time. But that will come as they go through the program. Because for example, you may cover things like how to eat on holiday, how to eat when you're out, how to... Um, exercise when you're in a hotel right so I as I uh, understand my client my client if there are quite a few of my client travel I can and see what I can see what I need to now evolve as my curriculum as it as it as I get you know bigger as in more variety of clients of the same niche by the way don't get that wrong so not variety <laughs> of cli- same niche just different type of client coming in different types of problems within that different type problem. of problems within one niche yeah so so the curriculum will evolve so when people come in and they're like oh wow she just covers all my needs right she ticked that box she has ticked that box she has ticked that box that makes them feel like they've made the right investment into the program because I've got them. Plus, a curriculum means you don't have to repeat yourself over and over again. So if there is a, I don't understand a, a weight loss is not linear. That you know, I always talk about weight loss not linear. I have, a, I have, I've done a training on this, right? So I will just say to them, if you go into the members area, that particular section, you'll see, um, I've actually covered this. So have a listen to that. That way, you've already prepared that training because it's a topic that keeps coming back over and over again, and you can point them in that direction. Versus start to coach each individual person on that particular same topic because this you will see there's four or five issues that come up a lot, maybe five, six, ten, that you can actually create a video recording or some kind of a presentation and drop them into your um, curriculum. And the curriculum just, like I said, you know, evolves, changes, you remove stuff, you put things, and we do that once a year when we go away on in Chris, at Christmas time. 
Yeah, I think it's important that Farah mentioned something really important about serving the same person. So you're not having multiple different programs or curriculums. And the thing that people miss out on, I believe, and again, I made this mistake, is thinking that if you pick one type of niche, you've only got to solve like a few problems. But as you open Pandora's box, you'll find there's loads of different problems within your niche that need solving. And if you become the go-to expert at solving those type of problems, you're more likely to capitalize on the marketplace. Yeah, always go deep. Reason. Go deep. <coughs> yeah, there's loads of things like, you want to go really deep on one piece of a problem you solve with your curriculum. And a curriculum will also do a thing called heavy lifting, which means it will do most of the work for you. So 80% of the work will be done by people just going through your curriculum, which means you can keep constantly pointing people to it, like Farah said. Which means you're not asking, answering the same questions every week. If you're answering the same question multiple times every week, something's gone wrong with the curriculum or you need to add something new to the curriculum, or you need to make something clearer to them. And that's a feedback loop you definitely want to have when people go through your curriculum. So constantly be listening and asking for feedback. How did you get on with that training? Was that useful for you? Da, 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 da. And then you'll get your findings that that curriculum just gets, it'll get to a point where it becomes too big. And you'll be like, okay, now it didn't stream, streamline some of it because it's not relevant anymore or not important, etc. But initially you need to have like a basic curriculum that just gets somebody a result. doesn't have to be, you know, all singing or dancing. It can just be Google Docs and that's it. It doesn't have to be fancy. It could be you just talking over some Google Docs and they could maybe just have like five modules. Each module has three videos. So that's it, 15 videos to begin with. Then you just have to add bits in and you start to take things out and you realize that how can I get somebody a result quicker? All right, well, this is not really needed. Let me take that out. And the beauty of that is if you've got a phase one of your program, you can take stuff out there and put it into phase two. That's what I found is working really useful for us. Is that especially with the business side of the coaching business that we teach our private clients, is I realized that, oh, some people do not need to know how to build a team in the first 90 days. That really needs to be in phase two, where we spend the whole 12 months going through it. And that's an important thing. That's obviously more of the business versus the health program, but you get the point and the principle behind it. And kind of after the curriculum, you really want to have some kind of coaching call element to it in a group format. Now, you've made, we're making some changes with the health business right now, aren't you? So do you want to talk through that coaching call piece? What change you're making and why? Because I think it's an important lesson. Oh, the coaching, you mean the bi-weeklies? You make yeah, all yeah. calls, bi-weekly, yeah, group so calls. I think it's just a good topic. I uh, When I first, we, we went straight from, no, actually, I used to do one-on-ones first. And I used to do a program that was 297, 497, see people every week for an hour. You could now calculate how uh, unprofitable this would be. Um, see, but I had a few clients only. So I was able to do that. So when I started to do the uh, high ticket properly, the 2K offer, I then decided at the same time, okay. we're going to go, sorry? Well, 2K program. 2K, offer, yes. yeah, 1,500, 1,500 to 17 to 2K. I decided that I'm going to go group coaching call um, because I wanted to think about scaling. So, you know, 100 people can attend that if they, if they want to. Uh, and also bringing the community together. So I created this culture of uh, what we call Menofit group Q&A, community Q&A, and that's every Monday, um, 7 p.m. UK time in my in my 
my program. So that's one of the things that, that's one of the deliverables of this program. And in here, I answer any questions, but I also teach a topic which may be relevant to, which definitely is relevant to my client. And this is where I was talking about going deeper. So these topics I teach, this will be the point of difference between me and another coach that may just do weight loss. But here I'm talking about, like, for example, this Monday, I'm talking about brain health. And then I always finish with the lifestyle changes always related to my program. So the program, things that we teach in program is directly connected with the, the topic that I'm teaching. So all my clients are perimenopausal. All my clients are peri to postmenopausal. We know that for them to have better understanding, they need to know this information, this deeper information. This is where I was talking about going deeper. Now, if I was like, you know, catering for all kinds of people, can you imagine the people who just get literally turned off because I'm talking about perimenopause and they are like men maybe? So think about that. So this gives me an opportunity to go deeper. So I'll, I will do this presentation that I created yesterday and go deeper, but I will also do a Q&A. So I kind of split the, the, the live, the live, the, the Q&A. So that Q&A then gets dropped into the members area as well. So that members area, the curriculum that we just talked about, the, on the bottom it says Q, previous coaching calls or Q&As and all the previous coaching calls go in there. Why? Because that's now becoming an asset. So again, if I've covered a particular topic and I think my client needs that, I can refer that back to them. I just thought of an idea. I could have a list of all these topics I've spoken about and actually give it to my assistant coach as well so she can also confidently say, actually, watch Farah's 29th of January 2022 because Is she explains FAQs. this. Yeah. Everything, yeah. yeah, I, I just kind of thought I should have it on Google Docs maybe or something. Anyway, that's one kind of cause. And then the other calls, which were bi-weekly checking calls, they are still there in, in situ right now. And when we're doing this two months later, I will tell you how this is going. So what we created Monday weekly checking, uh, when we did our level 10 meeting, me and Afro, we looked at my calendar because one day I took 11 calls. They're not, they were not all client calls. They were prospects, so guest calls, as in people coming into the program. Uh, yeah, and then there was a live as well in there. So anyway, 11 times I was about to start my Zoom to, you know, it, I kind of felt a bit burnt out. And then again, how do I scale this? Because if everybody's going to have a bi-weekly check-in with me, I'm going to have a limited number. So we then came up with idea, this idea where we will have blocks of what we call office hours. Uh, if you're looking at the business side of it, but for a client, we won't use that word office hours. I'm actually still thinking about what I want to call it. Something a men of it get unstuck kind of thing, right? So get unstuck called, but there will be an hour and a half blocks. There's two of them I'm doing to my assistant coach. And then they're weekly. So anybody who wants to speak about anything, they can jump in on, on those calls and we will cover any issues that they have because we believe that they will be similar. Plus, bringing them together with other people in it as well, they may feel like there's a bit of an accountability. Um, and the obvious biggest reason for me doing this is that I can now scale this because many people can attend this. So a model, I guess we're creating a model that is sustainable for no, no matter how many people drop in. The other side to it is if there is somebody who does still want a one-on-one -on -one, for whatever reason, they can still have that. But the culture will not, we will not encourage clients to book one-on-one, -on -one, but we will encourage clients to jump on the, the office hour calls to talk about anything they have problem with and get it solved so they're not stuck, right? So the facility is there for them to use. To choose not to use it, that's obviously up to them, but we will definitely be encouraging them to do that versus taking a one-on-one -on -one time with me and my assistant coach. Sometimes those calls can last for an hour and that's not productive because some of that time, are we really talking, you know, are we really resolving all the problems or we're just having a bit of a chit-chat? And also I need to value my time. 
um, because that means I can then create deeper programs, deeper, better programs, better presentations and give them more information, hold them more accountable because I am not in it too much. I'm on the business working on it rather than in it. So that's the very in-depth review of my Q&As and coaching calls. So how did you feel about making that change? Because initially you were a bit hesitant because I mentioned this <laughs> a month ago and you're like, then you, that I actually created belief. it. I actually created these office hours and then I came away from it because I was like, no, no, if I don't give them my one-to-one time once a week, then I'm going to, um, they will leave me <laughs> or uh, I'll lose them or I'm not giving good service or, you know, I don't deserve to have what they've given me in terms of finances. So there are all kinds of things really, but actually... This is my belief and I've always shared with you, every time I do something like this, I have this massive setback in my head thinking, no, what am I doing cutting that down? But I know people who don't do any bi-weekly check-in and, and create really good results. So that always reminds me that I'm not the only one who's doing it and also look at those people who are doing it because I can get there too. And they provide this kind of service where they will have like a check-in hours or office hours where where there is a, an opportunity for somebody to come forward. If they, if they are stuck, genuinely stuck, then they will just jump in. Well, I guess what was the tipping point for you then to decide like, right, actually I need to do this? Was it those 11 calls? Probably. Or was you, it that um, dojo session we had? You, you know, I li- the podcast I was listening to between Stephen Bartlett and the guy called... I. I over there, calling Professor Steve Rogers is like that's that's it's Captain America, but it's not. It's Steve, so Professor Steve something. Basically, wrote the Chimp Paradox. I can never remember yeah. his last name. Yeah, he's the author of Chimp Paradox. He's written, writing another book, isn't he? Now, he's actually released it. Yeah, I want to check it out. Yeah. So this guy, it, just coming back in the car from the church, uh, he was saying that, uh, you know, when unless something is painful, you don't really have a reason to change. Steve Peters. Steve Peters, right? So unless there's a reason for you to make a change, for example, if you're in an unhappy relationship, but it's not painful enough, you keep going, don't you? Then something happens that becomes super painful. Only then you make that change. Then you look back at your life and you're like, what the hell did I put up with that for? You know, why did I put up with that? Why did I waste my time? If you have that, and I'm thinking in our relationship, working relationship, especially me and Afro, he can see, he's a visionary, he can see things so much more clear than I am. I'm so in the woods that I can't ever, I'm like, no, no, don't disturb my system. I am happy to do like I am. But actually, he can see that she's burnt out, that has that ripple effect on the whole family. That one particular day. So not every day is like that, right? So that was one particular day. But I can see that days of multiplying. And, And maybe universe won't give me more clients because it doesn't want me to burn out, right? The body shuts down. You stop to stop getting excited about getting a new client because you think, oh God, new client means I've got to do more of these. So suddenly what I love doing, I'm starting to resent. Those are the moments when you decide actually, is it really worth you being super stubborn about what you think is right rather than make it, giving this thing a shot and doing an experiment. Again, I am doing it in a way that I feel comfortable. So I haven't done it straight away. I also discussed it with my assistant coach. She is on board with it. She likes the idea. Um, I also obviously I like to check in with a few people how they're doing um, and then I will launch it like I'll start letting my clients know um, but the ones which are very super protective they're one-on-one time with me I will let them know that it's okay you know you still got me I'm not running anywhere but going forward this is what we're going to launch and then when we start to take new clients they will never have the offer of the bi-weekly check-in right so they will straight go into these calls because they will think wow that's amazing. I can actually speak to Farah every single week if I want to. 
Literally, every single week they can speak to me. In fact, they can speak to me twice a week if they wish to. Like that offer is there for them. Which is better than the bi-weekly, actually, now I just realise. There's another tipping point, light bulb moment. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Should be like a sound. Ding! Ding! So, talk to you about burnout then, because actually you went to church today, and we might as well cover it now. We were going to do a separate episode on this, but for us, I talk about burnout, 11 calls a day, the book, Chimp Paradox, so not the book, the podcast you listen to. So what do you learn today? Two things, actually. Firstly, I just wanted to um, thank my husband live on this live. <laughs> not live. Live as I'm recording it. I'm going to keep this and hold it forever. Because I had a haircut appointment yesterday. And I said it did really need it. It just didn't need the haircut because I only had it eight weeks ago. But I'm trying to have an organized calendar where my nails and hairs are just booked in. Because again, you know, I'm like, why have I left it so long? You know, because I'm too busy to be doing my nails and stuff. So he had... Um, He's put it in the, my calendar for has that every eight weeks. How how often do you want to hear it? Is we put it in together. Yeah, yeah, I know, but you kind of guided me, didn't you? And yeah. w- and I was really resisting. I was like, I really don't need it. I need to move this ca- appointment because I actually need to do this presentation. <laughs> anyway, I managed to do all the work yesterday. Get to my hair appointment, sat down, and guess what happened? Fell asleep. Lady next to me is the same lady. It <laughs> was there eight weeks ago, oh, really? and she said. Oh, fancy seeing you again. And then we talked about perimenopause. It was so good. And then and the lady said, well, would you like wine or would you like coffee? I said, I'll have some wine, actually. And before, she was like, oh, would you massage chair? Would you like everything on or certain things? I went, everything. And we both were laughing, This me, me and this lady, because we were having the whole treatment, you know. Uh, you know, this massage thing comes on. And I'm like, and I said, I have to share this with you. I said to my husband, I don't need this appointment. And he said, you should go because when you go into the salon, you will feel like you can talk to different people. You'll feel different. And I was like, he's absolutely right. I'm not even bothered about the hair, but actually just being there for an hour in this steamy shop because everybody's having their hair done. <laughs> it was really nice to chat to these ladies. And I never felt so confident in talking about anything, let alone like perimenopause. So I was like chatting away. And this lady is like, are you booking the uh, your next eight weeks same time as me? And guess what? She is. Because we've just had, it happens to be that she also, she, she weeks, runs a yeah. care home. So she has to have her, you know, she said Saturdays are no good yeah. for her because she's it's got these meetings anyway. So I said, uh, well, we'll have to see you in eight weeks. And we, we sat another day. We're both, we were just laughing. Like, how did we find each other? And we, she was telling me about her HRT. It was just amazing. So thank you for making me go to this hair appointment. Pleasure. And there's an actual bit of a psychological benefit to this, apart from what you just said. And it's almost, I don't have to frame it, but I guess the cost of inaction to an extent and if you think about it, for 40, 45 minutes to an hour you were there for. Yeah. It's like down the road. So let's just say an hour all in all. And you had that really wonderful experience, amazing. Versus if you didn't have that experience, you would have done more work for that hour, for example, or did whatever you wanted to do for an hour. Let's just say it's more work. I would have scheduled so, my email, yeah. Yeah, so you would have scheduled your emails. You would have got more work done, whatever that looks like. So more work is done. But throughout the next week or two, you'd have been talking about your hair. I really need to get my hair done. I really need to get my hair done. Go put that appointment. Should have booked the appointment last week. Why don't I go? You'd have all these conversations in a dialogue that are going to take more energy away from you and more focus than the one hour if you just went to do the thing. Yeah. That's what I noticed the most. Is because that I just drag that thing will just drag on for weeks and it will just have such an impact that the cost of inaction is way more than the hour. So you're not only not having a haircut, which means you 
probably physically don't feel as good because your hair's not as good as that, it, you would like it to that be. That is a point. Cause that's I've been, one. I've not been happy with the way. And I was like, oh, she, I don't know what she's going to do that's going to make it better. But actually, she has made it better. And that's she? one. So that's yeah. one. Just the fact that physical appearance, you feel like, well, I'm not the looking as good as I could. The confidence was getting a bit, yeah. yeah. Secondly. You also got the actual physical, like, thinking mental headspace it takes thinking about getting the, the haircut done is another one. Then you've got the impact on your family, like me and the boys and people around you because you don't feel as confident or you're a bit distracted. And that's all for one hour. It's like, just go have the haircut. It's just easier. It's such an easy way. And if you think about things that are at the cost of inaction, you're not doing this thing has first order consequences, second order consequences, third order consequences. doesn't just mean you just don't get haircuts. Loads of things tied into that. So I just want to share that That's bit. a really good point, actually. The first order consequences that, and I forgot about that, actually, because we, was it a podcast or a book? Was it a book, wasn't it? There's multiple. Yeah. Um, I believe it's from Principles by Ray Dalio. Talks about it in that book. That's mm. like the Bible of principles. Read it. It's really good. That's So you mentioned there's two parts to it. So that was one. Do you remember the second yeah. one? Yeah. The second one was the, um, the church yeah. itself. So going church is new for me. Um, it's a date with my mum. She likes to go to church on Sunday. So I take her. And then I thought to myself, well, I, I'm not going to sit outside while she's in the side. I'm going to go inside and listen to her, you know. This is what happens when you get a bit older. You're very open to new information and, you know, putting yourself in situations you may not have not a few years ago. So the whole month of January, the church has done... Uh, Kickstart the year or something. You yeah, like a or? like a, a restore and... I forget the names and I apologize if anybody from church is listening. Uh, strength and something like... Like like you... How, how can you be strong? A strong start. A strong start, that's it. Um, so it was talking it, today was the final one piece of that and it talked about Sundays and Sabbath and, and you're, I'm not going to give you the religious part of it because I really Seven don't day, know day of rest yeah day of rest so <laughs> I always make I sometimes make notes of something that really impacts me or what they've said I like so I got my phone out I start writing some notes and saying no check-ins not going to be on the phone not going to do any clients updates not going to talk to any clients actually on Sunday um and I'm going to let them know that as well. And I'm going to take get my team to have t- day off completely, so they don't do any check-ins or do anything either. And I want to. I said to <laughs> I'm used to make Sunday dinners like years ago, right? Every Sunday. In fact, it was like, do we have to go? Can we not eat something different? Now I look back and I think how much I used to, you know, enjoy most of the, most of the I used to enjoy, and I really want this to come back. So I wrote a little note and showed Mum the phone whilst the you know the pastor's doing his thing and I said we need to bring the Sunday lunches back I wrote that and then underneath he wrote talk about seven other things about Sunday and why you should right and they are oh they're on my phone actually because I wrote those and it is Sunday and she is using her phone dun 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 but we said it's the last day (laughs) seven reasons why you should stop working on Sunday so refine our center and stop and embrace right refine our center like find ourselves again almost like stop uh, because otherwise there's no difference between any of the days. So when do you like recoup? Stop stop to become whole. Stop to taste the kingdom. So feasting, like eat good food with family, make some memories. Um, stop to hear God. So if you do believe in God, um, stop to pick up the pieces. I could do with dividing up my drawers, to be honest, because they are all, everything's done in rush in the weekdays. And then, you know, Sunday's the day to put things back properly. Stop to glimpse the future and I put in the bracket anticipate which is what he put on the board there so stop to glimpse the future like just thinking about your next week 
What does that look like? You know, what, what do you anticipate? Is there going to be any problems? Are there going to be any moments where you may need to, you know, have some prep done, let people know, ask for help, that kind of thing. And then stopping to see the bigness of God. It's just, just, just to reckon, realize where you're at and what you, what are you about and what you're doing in life rather than just 100 miles an hour. So this is something I'm going to implement. It is a, obviously it's not my rule. This has been there for years and years and years and it, it works. It kind of makes sense. To me, I can only implement things when they make sense. And I was starting to feel resentful of Saturdays and Sundays because I'd given myself too many things to do on the weekend and I, I needed to come away from that. So this is the last Sunday I'll be, we will be recording podcast. Um, and this is the last Sunday I'll be using my phone. You know, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm just not going to go on it to check clients. It's like I'm going to delete the app so I don't have to look at it. And then bring the, bring the app back Monday if I need yeah, to. Gigi does that. Yeah, she does actually. Yeah. One of our clients does that. And I when she said it, I was like, well, this is really extreme. But actually, totally right because... Like Facebook, you know, there's no need to look and there's no need to scroll. So that's like the, we talked about that fasting last week, fasting from scrolling through Facebook, just giving your brain a break from the dopamine hits or the hits that are not there. And you feel upset because you look at something. So it's just going to be a total, total break, break from that. I think, I don't know what we will do, but I'm sure we're going for a walk after this. So we're going to decide how, what a Sunday looks like. I think it just gives you space. When you get space, you then think, oh. What do I want to do with my day and my life? And Reflection. And that's part of it. So yeah, beautiful. I, I can't remember how that ties back to coaching calls now. But I think it was finding time to fit it all in, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's an important lesson learned and learning. So sec third thing, so we've got four C's here, is about client support. So far, I've kind of touched on that quite a lot. When I think of client support, I think, right, that's support in between the kind of calls. And that's normally done by a DM. For us, you can use whatever you want. So you can use direct messaging. Far uses Trainer as the app, but it's still a messaging service. And the beautiful thing about these messaging services, and if you tie it into Loom, you can screen record something and send it to them. Or you can just do a quick voice note. These things are really easy because you want that time in between. So if you have calls on a Monday, they don't want to wait seven days for an answer, something that's quite quick to, for you to answer. So again, it kind of applies to office hours. And when I, on our agreement, we have and one of our agreements, the business side of health coaching, we have where we don't reply back on a Sunday. I tell them the hours are working basically. And it's kind of reminding me like I mean, really need to reestablish that. But generally speaking, I don't really look at my phone much and message back after seven, eight in the evening. Sundays, we just spoke right now, so I'm gonna try to eliminate that again. But that client support element still needs to be there. You just gotta set expectations is the most important thing. So you make it super clear at the beginning of the relationship that, look, I know it's a 2K program. You don't have to say, look, <laughs> it's a 2K program, but these are the expectations. I will be available on these days to communicate with and not on these days. And that's exactly what you expect them to do because if they're rushing around every day, all day, messaging and doing everything, they're going to end up burn out, eating more food, putting more weight on. What's the point? So you need to be congruent to what you're teaching and you're teaching like self-care, Weight loss, nutrition, better habits, mindset, all that stuff that comes with it. And that kind of ties into like how you're going to support them as well. Anything to add to that? No, I think you covered that. That was a trainerized piece. Peace done. Community. The last one then is community. And I think Farah touched on it a little bit when it comes to the office hours. 
But community is important because you want to build something that creates that sticky feeling. And my mentor told us this, that if you think about a community of people, if they're all individual one-on-ones, that's not a community. When you bring people together, something magical happens. That It just happens that somebody will have an insight that they share with another person and it builds upon it, the next one. We had this wonderful one in our bi-weekly call, didn't we? Where like it was, Will was saying something, David said something, and it just really elevated the conversation and made it real um, amazing conversation to have, amazing insight. That would only have happened when you bring people together. Mm. When you bring people together, it creates this sticky feeling of community. And it feels like if you were to leave the program, oh, I'm going to miss out on my friends and family and, or my, my friends in the community. And that thing is so important because if you think about it, when you're in a community of people you really love to be around, sometimes you might just stay just for the community. And people do that. People just say, I just like being around these people. It's good for me. I'm going to stay here. Not learning anything massive about weight loss or business or whatever, but I just love the people around me. They elevate me, which in turn improves my weight loss journey, for example. Yeah, definitely. That's, um, that's quite powerful, actually. I, felt I, I like being part of a community when I'm having my coaching calls uh, versus just one person or just me and the coach, I think I wouldn't like that, to be honest. I think it's so much attention on we. Yeah, can you imagine? I don't think we've ever had a... I've had, uh, in my previous coaching, I had my one-on-one coaching, and it was like, I felt like quite pressured, uh, like, what do I want to talk about? Like, hurry, go, go, go. (laughs) And sometimes I resolve the issue. The others, I'm like, I can actually do the same thing in a bigger audience, because if I want to ask something, but I'm not sure if I want to ask, but others have asked, I'm like, oh, I can learn from this point as well, because this is also my issue, but I didn't realize the issue unless it's pointed out or someone spelt it out. So I think that's my issue too. So now I can learn from how to solve this issue as well. And the nice thing about that, it adds into uh, accountability as well. So Alex Amose calls it, I don't know what he calls anything, but there's three levels of accountability, he says. So peer-to-peer, there's people who are like you, yeah. They're going to hold you accountable. Hey, Sally, where were you last week? And then it'll be like, oh, you're coming to the next call. Yeah, I'm coming because somebody mentioned it. You'll go, like, if you've got a gym buddy, you tend to go with the same. Like, me and Farah got to the gym the other day. She's like, uh, she's like, I'm, I was shattered. And I was like, I'm only going to, I'm going to jump back in bed if she says no. You come to the gym. Yes. I start getting ready. Therefore, I'm in the gym. All right. So that support and accountability peer to peer works well. You also got expert accountability. So the person's actually teaching the thing. Okay, so us on a podcast, that's a level of expert accountability for you guys listening for, to an extent. Being a coaching program, we're leading the conversation. And then you've also got alumni. So people who've been through your program or in your program for a set amount of time and they understand it and they can help people who are brand new. Mm. And those three levels of accountability are based on having that community feeling. Because if you didn't have the community, the accountability is not there. Okay, and that's a great lesson Alex Amosi taught. And I was like, oh, I love the way you put that. Yeah. It's that structure. So think of that when you think about your coaching programs, because m- mainly they're going to be accountability and n- nutrition exercise is the basis of any health coaching program. But they're the kind of four things we have. There's other things within that. But if you have all four of those, you can't really go wrong. And you do them to a high level. And then to add to that. No, I think you've said it all. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Any questions, guys? Hit them our way. How do you spell your name, Farah? But we're not going to mention somebody in the podcast. Shout out to... Somebody who uh, found us by... Oh, it's not this one. Okay. 
because there's something they mentioned in there we said we were going to talk about social media this. we're going to probably cover that like oh yes that's we are a lady said she hates social media and it's like oh let's do a topic on that yeah so we might talk about that next week actually i'll probably take a note and do it next week so listen out for yeah, that one if you if you are that person who uh wants to be an online coach and doesn't like social media just let us know because you know there are there are people out there who are not comfortable with social media right but how do you how do you get around it and what how do you and why is it important to do and it's okay to validate how you're feeling but how do you get around it if you want to continue to be online listen to next week's episode how do you know me in the show far take control of your life before life takes control of you Woo! if you've enjoyed and got value from today's podcast it would mean the world to us if you jump onto apple podcast or spotify wherever you listen to your podcast and give us a five star review This will help us reach more people like you and help us reach our mission of transforming the quality of people's lives through coaching.